0: Hey everybody, welcome to Austin Brunch Capades. My name is Matthew. I don't know if I've ever introduced myself before, but that is my name. Uh, This is my podcast. Uh, Today I've got my friend Jamie, who I met while I was still living in San Marcos. She's a certified dietitian, and I've been wanting to do an episode for a while now where here in Austin, you know, we're pretty health conscious, and so I wanted to have... Somebody come in and actually talk about that, and how you can make your brunches a little healthier, whether you're eating out or making it at home. Uh, Jamie's got you covered. She's got a great Instagram page. It's FYS Nutrition, and she's got a blog as well, which is feedyoursoulnutrition.com. I believe she's on Facebook as well at the same feed your soul nutrition Facebook on the interwebs, FYS Nutrition on the IG. She's got some awesome pictures, got some really good healthy recipes. She does some stuff on Facebook Live, which I learned was live during the podcast. Didn't know it was live. I thought she was just still doing her videos, but she she gets into that, gets into the health, and um, we had a great conversation. It was really early in the morning. Ah. Whenever we were discussing doing this podcast, it came up as to we never talked about time. And she's like, How about eight or nine? I was like, Oh damn. It's so early. But actually, you know, it's not that early, it's just early before Sunday. Um but I got up early, we had a great conversation, and hope you enjoy. Here it is. Welcome, Jamie. Like hey. I said, when you got here it's been a while. How have you been?
1: I've been pretty good. Staying busy.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, this is a brunch podcast. Don't always talk about brunch, but I think food is an important part of brunch. You can't have one without the other. <laughs> I, I guess you have one without the other. You get a food without brunch. But what is it that you do?
1: So, I'm a registered dietitian. So, I practice medical nutrition therapy. But <laughs> to make it more simple, I help people and I help them to find out what type of foods they need to eat to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Whether that's for general health or whether they have a certain chronic disease that we're working on, like diabetes, heart disease, and just showing them that food is actually a really powerful thing.
0: Sure, yeah. It's something everybody has to partake in. Mm -hmm. And uh, what is it that got you into that?
1: Well, it's really, it's a long story. Where'd you you go to school first? So I went to Texas State, and I got my Bachelor of Science in Dietetics. Mm -hmm. And um, from there, I kind of knew from the beginning, kind of the route I wanted to take, So I had to get a four-year degree, and then I did a year-long dietetic internship. Mm -hmm. And with that, I worked... Where was that at? So that was um, in San Antonio and in Austin at different hospitals. I worked with WIC and school districts, and I just worked with dietitians, Mm -hmm. and they kind of just taught me how to take everything I learned in school and how to apply it. Sure. So it was really fun, really challenging.
0: And... um I don't know exactly what year you were in when we met. Um,
1: I think that was all the way back, like my freshman year, I would say.
0: Could be. Because I think I had just graduated. That was 2000... Oh, no. I had been graduated for a while, I think. <laughs> what were you doing
1: in 2013?
0: I was a freshman. There we go. There we go. <laughs> and um, what is something that continues to motivate you to be healthy and to spread that to other people?
1: So I think firstly, in my current job, just seeing the way that people's lives are changed and how their symptoms are improved by eating the mm. right foods. And over the past like year or two years, I've just found out I have a pretty rich history with cancer in my family and some other okay, so that's a big deal. Sure. So, you know, I'm like, I see the power of food and I would like to live a long, healthy life. So definitely personally motivating to help others mm. with that.
0: And is it equally rewarding to see that uh, come to fruition in other people?
1: Absolutely, it is just so powerful to see their happiness. They're like, "I'm eating these foods, and it's great, but I feel mm-hmm. so good."
0: I think that's a, an important aspect in people's lives. Is, is I think time and the grind getting people's ways of eating healthy, mm-hmm. and so they usually go for something quick, or you know if. You've got kids, sometimes time is an issue. And um, I think that, that was a thing that I wanted to ask you about. So if somebody is rushed to say they are really busy at work or with their kids, what is, what are some ways that people can work with time being a factor in their life?
1: So I think I have a couple of different points with that. So firstly, if you have like young kids, mm-hmm. I think that's a great opportunity to kind of spread healthy eating to their start lives, starting young. Exactly. Have them help you out. You know, when they're young, they can just kind of mix things in a bowl for you mm-hmm. as they grow up. They can start to cut things and just ask them, hey, what do you want to try this week and get them involved? And if you're just, you know, living a busy lifestyle, I think planning ahead mm-hmm. is going to be very important. If you spend like a couple hours on a Sunday, it's going to save you time every single day during the week.
0: Do you mean like meal prep?
1: Yeah. And whatever that looks like, right? It Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be like seven containers out with like sweet potatoes and chicken. It can look like anything to you personally. Mm -hmm. And then I think other than that, it's just my philosophy is just saying, you know what? I think it's worth spending the time that I need to to make sure I'm fueling my body and nourishing it.
0: I think that's also one thing that a lot of people don't either pay attention to is like what their body's telling them. So say if you eat some cheese and then later on that day your stomach's acting weird. I don't think a lot of people sometimes don't put two and two together and say, "Hey, maybe that cheese isn't really jiving with me well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I had a roommate for five years who sometimes we'd go out to eat or eat something and he would get like deathly sick. Throwing up, diarrhea, everything. Oh no. And he never figured it out. Went to doctors. They kind of were like, "Well, you're not celiac or anything like that." And talked to him the other day. Found out he's lactose intolerant.
1: Oh, well, there you go. And
0: it took him, <laughs> I don't know how long. Like when that started is, um, can you start to develop an intolerance to dairy later oh, in life?
1: yeah, I mean, because we're one of the only mammals who actually drink like another animal's milk sure, right yeah. after birth. Yeah. And, um, so there's actually lactose intolerance is pretty common, more common than we think a lot of times, but it's definitely something that can arise once you're an adult, you just kind of stop digesting it as well, Mm. but it's crazy. It took him so long, but now hopefully he's feeling,
0: are there like levels of being, well, I guess there would be if you're, you could be mildly gluten intolerant, uh, dairy intolerant. And then there's. Can you actually die if you're lactose intolerant?
1: Well, you can't. I don't think it would ever kill someone. It'd make them very uncomfortable. But Mm -hmm. there's definitely different levels. Like some people, like if they drink any milk, it's just terrible. Mm -hmm. Some people can have a little bit. And some people are okay with yogurt because there's still a little bit of lactose in there. And then other people can't even eat like fresh cheeses. And Mm -hmm. it's really individualized for sure.
0: I ate some mac and cheese last night. And it was just... From H-E-B, like, you know, you can get those quick meals that mm-hmm. they're starting to get really big into, which I can ask you about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, and it said use by 415. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm going to put it in the oven. So I'm still going to eat it. And I took like a bite before I actually started uh, heating it up. And I was like, mm. <laughs> I ate it anyway. Uh, <laughs> and um, stomach got a little weird for a second and I was like oh but I think that may have just been because it was old not anything to <laughs> do with dairy let's um, hope so <laughs> and so with those how do you feel about those pre-made like meals for one meals for two that come seem pretty healthy
1: yeah at HEB I think they're called meal simples or something mm-hmm. like that, that but right. I think they're fantastic I really like the ones that come with like usually salmon and potatoes and broccoli or Mm. like they do a really good job of getting you some protein some carbohydrates and then like some sort of like a vegetable in there right and it's just i always tell people like you know what if you're gonna have to go get fast food we're in a hurry why don't you just go there pick that up it's a little bit cheaper if anything Mm -hmm. throw it in your oven when you get home and then you have a pretty nutrient-rich meal
0: if totally lost what i was gonna say (laughs) um With the advent of Netflix and the documentary What the Health. Mm -hmm. We were talking about, before we started recording, about how that made you feel. And I feel like there were so many people when that documentary came out, they're like, oh, did you know about all this? And everybody was talking about it on Facebook. What's your thought on What the Health?
1: So, What the Health makes me say, what the hell. (laughs) Fair. You know, they in the documentary, I they're pretty skewed in the fact that they like, for instance, they talk about the egg. We were chatting about how it's like, oh, equivalent of smoking three cigarettes,
0: which is bananas to me.
1: Yeah. And it's like they qu- like quote some type of research. Right. And so we're like, oh, well, science backs it up. It must mm-hmm. be true. But one of the biggest flaws of that documentary is that they take what maybe one or two maybe research articles say
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they run with it like it's the truth. Sure. When if we're gonna say something is based off of science, we want it to be proven many, many times. It needs to be like peer reviewed. reviewed exactly. So unfortunately, since they say, oh well, all of these studies, when it all three of the ones they talk about, and that's it, mm-hmm. it makes it easier for a lot of people just to believe. True. And I just and it's think, on
0: Netflix. Have to believe what's on Netflix, <laughs>
1: right? And it's I mean it's a really well done documentary, mm-hmm. so it makes it really convincing.
0: It's very flashy. From mm-hmm. I have not seen it. Um, just from what is it like a vegan? Like is it promoting veganism? Yeah,
1: it's pushing like a plant-based diet. Okay, so hard. it
0: is a documentary, not necessarily with a bias, but definitely with an agenda.
1: I would say a big agenda and a little bit of bias in there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and I know this has been a thing, not just from the documentary, but I, I guess it brings it up about there being a link between red meat and cancer. Can you tell us anything about the the, the validity of that?
1: So I will say that there is some pretty convincing um, evidence on that right now. Mm -hmm. It's not something that in my practice I just across the board promote to folks. I think that all foods kind of fit in our lifestyle. If you're a red meat fan, Mm -hmm. then I say eat it, but try to get variety in your diet in the way that you're not eating red meat every single day. If that makes sense.
0: Sure. Uh, Do you think that it's the red meat itself or maybe chemicals and hormones that the animal's eating and being fed?
1: I do think a lot of times it comes down to the processing of that red meat Mm -hmm. and definitely kind of the sustainability of how they were raised, what they were fed at that time. Just kind of compounding to the negative, potentially negative effects from that.
0: What is it that the documentary gets right?
1: That they get right. Yes. Well, they do promote to eat more vegetables, more mm-hmm. plant based, and I think anytime we increase the amount of vegetables we're eating, that that's going to benefit us in a positive way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that is, I think, one of one of the only positives I would take away in actual truth.
0: And my roommate's vegan. Uh, when I met her, she was more like pescatarian, vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Then went back because she's like, mama's got to have her pizza (laughs) with pepperoni or whatever. Um, And so what do you think it is that attracts people more to, say, like ordering a pizza or going out and getting a burger rather than cooking at home?
1: So I think like. So you talk a lot about brunch, right? And I think when we think of brunch, it makes us happy, right? Because we're going out with some friends. (laughs) We may get a mimosa or three. (laughs) And so it's kind of like a fun social activity. When we go out to eat, we usually go with someone. Mm -hmm. And just in general, when you eat food, it makes us happy. It Mm -hmm. releases endorphins, right? And so that's pleasurable. And I think it really is a truth that when someone else cooks for you, it tastes better. And I think beyond that, it's just something that in our um, society has become habitual mm-hmm. to go out to eat. And it's easy. It is easy a lot of times.
0: Uh, granted, we do whenever the Brunch Capades group goes out, mm-hmm. we usually do go out. But there's been a few times where we did an at-home potluck. So anybody could bring whatever they wanted. We usually try to have the basics. Um But what is it that people can do to, because you said, you know, having or cooking at home is fun. Uh, What is it that people can do to make that process more fun if they're just cooking for themselves?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think try to enjoy it, of course. But Mm. so many times if we're trying to make a conscious effort to eat healthy, whether that's making a brunch or like our weeknight meals, we always try to think, okay, well, how can I make this like a healthier meal? But I think if we just start and we say, okay what do I want to eat tonight? Mm -hmm. And we just, whether whether that's pizza, whether that's a burger, whether that's a salad. And if it is something like a pizza, say, okay, well, can I get it on a whole grain crust? Is there Mm -hmm. any way I can make it healthier for me? That way you're still excited. You're eating the pizza, but you're going to give yourself a little bit more benefit from it.
0: Kind of like cooking stuff that you actually enjoy eating or, because I think that's what a lot of people mistakenly do is say, if they want to get on a diet, They completely change how they eat. So they're eating things that they're A, not used to eating or Mm -hmm. B, not enjoying. But they're like, I need to. So if somebody is on a diet, what is actually a diet that you would recommend for someone?
1: So diets, this is a good topic. So I'm actually writing some more blogs about dieting right Mm now. And
0: give us some recipes, too, if you have any.
1: Yeah. So when it comes to dieting, when we hear the word diet, we generally think... like, It's a negative word. Yeah. And when you hear diet, you immediately think, okay, so it's a temporary Mm -hmm. thing that I do to lose weight. Sure. Right? Whether it's like Whole30, so that's like 30 days, whether it's like a 17-day diet or whatever. But the true definition of a diet is how we eat. Mm -hmm. Like the American diet, the Western diet, whatever. And so I think going on a diet, I never think that that is a good idea. Okay. I think that more so it's about creating habits for Mm -hmm. a healthy lifestyle. That way your overall diet is more well balanced, is Mm -hmm. more nutritious.
0: The two times that I've hardcore dieted, Mm -hmm. it's not that I actually followed any one particular thing. I was like, okay, I'm going to cut out this, this, and that and work out and that usually benefits me because I feel like I can't follow a really strict regimen because mm-hmm. um, sometimes I skip meals, which I know you shouldn't do. Do it all the time. Um, but sometimes I'm like, well, that's worked for me in the past, so mm-hmm. I'm going to continue to do it. And I feel like now that I'm getting older, past 30, don't think that's such a good idea to do anymore. And I think you have... I don't know if it's part of your blog, but the little video series that you do. Mm-hmm. I think that is a good thing for people to look at because you do make it look fun and you're energetic and happy about it. And I think that's infectious. And what is what is your little video that you do?
1: Yeah. So weekly, thank you, right? first of all. But um, <laughs> on Wednesdays, I do a Facebook live video called When It's Good. Oh, so you
0: do it live. Too. I do. Yeah. Is that recently as you started doing that? Because I know you used to record it.
1: I so you do it live now it's kind of the evolution of what has happened Ooh. so I started out doing YouTube videos okay and then um the person where can doing, people
0: find those are they still up
1: they are still up so the YouTube channel is feed your soul TV okay and then that just kind of I think got a little bit too timely and so mm-hmm. that's where kind of I first started on snapchat And it's before, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's before you could do the continuous recording. So it was like an event to do it.
0: So you were doing 10 seconds at a time?
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) That's insane. And it
1: was a whole bunch. But um, then I was like, you know what, let's just try to do Facebook Live. And that made it so much simpler and honestly funner. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have my good friend, Ivy, who always records it for me. Mm -hmm. But that's just, I realized, you know what, I don't really like going by True Recipes all the time.
0: Okay, so that's what you are doing before? Try and true recipes?
1: So I was trying to like provide recipes for folks, but I realized mm. I hardly ever measure anything. Okay. <laughs> and so that's why I was like, you know what, I'm just going to show them how I cook it and mm-hmm. then tell them what I use. Mm-hmm. So and they can then,
0: figure it out from themselves. Exactly. Or at least put their own spin on it. Yeah. And that's okay. what
1: I want folks to do It's just have fun. If you don't like something I put in there, we'll nix it and try something else.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I think that goes into looking at your food differently. So if you're, Mm -hmm. that's the thing like with recipes, like you were saying, like people feel like they have to stick to that. um, And then, so how can somebody say, look at say pasta and look at that differently and how, if they're going to eat pasta, how to make that something that's a little bit more health conscious.
1: So I think, okay, like in your head, when you think of food, do you have foods you think of, well, this is a good food and this is a bad food. Absolutely. Yeah. And so tell me what happens if you were to eat a food that is called a bad food, then what how do you feel?
0: Usually don't feel super good. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go into like a self-loathing <laughs> aspect, but I like yeah. I, I think a lot of people do that. They'll they'll eat a spoonful of ice cream or eat that whole pie and they're like, oh, I hate myself.
1: And Right? So you eat a quote-unquote bad food, Mm -hmm. and so it's like, oh, no, I was bad today. Sure. And so we start associating our self-worth with the foods that we're eating. That makes sense. And, you know, for a lot of us, that's kind of just an annoying guilt cycle we have. But for some folks that can actually kind of begin to take over their brain a little bit Mm -hmm. and can turn into something a little dangerous as far as their food relationship. So I think one of the first things we can do is... You can kind of think, okay, what's my bias? What foods are good? What foods are bad? And then try to slowly begin making all of those foods, like, normal and equal Mm -hmm. with each other. See pasta the same way you see, like, a salad. Mm -hmm. And that way, it just comes down to, what do I want to eat? And what can I just make conscious decisions about, like, healthier options? Mm
0: -hmm. If somebody has an issue, say, with eating and it being a coping mechanism if if a person is going to do that because i know that that takes some time to figure out that that's what you're doing and then if you are doing it sometimes kind of have to just go through it a little bit and if somebody is going to be eating like that what is something that they can kind of like keep around the house that say if they get in a mood like that, that they can just like, okay, I know I'm going to do this, but do it smarter. So having something around the house that you can eat, what, what would be like, would fruit or something being a good thing to keep around? Just so if you're feeling down and you want to just eat a little something, just uh, get that off your, off your plate. What is something that somebody could keep around?
1: So I think, I think this is one of the good ways you could go about that is, you know, just try to, yeah, have you do, usually turn to potato chips, like let's try to munch on some fruit or raw veggies or something like that, kind of having the more nutritious foods in the house, generally it makes it easier to grab those. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the hardest things to do is when you realize, I think firstly realizing, okay, I turned to food and I'm sad, mad, depressed, something like that. Mm-hmm. Recognizing that is kind of the first step. And then I think you can say, you know what, I'm feeling sad. I'm wanting, like for me, I always want Whataburger. <laughs> right. So I think recognizing, you know what, I'm wanting food to kind of feel that emotion that I'm having. Mm-hmm. But I think instead of we look, okay, why am I sad right now? Is there anything I can do to resolve this sadness? Or can I go for a walk? Can I meditate on it? Mm-hmm. That way we can start to slowly turn to food less often when we realize, you know what? I'm not actually physically hungry.
0: Change your habit.
1: Yeah, just trying to do some healthier alternatives to Because a lot of times it's fair. We don't want to feel sad or like whatever emotion it is. But I think one of the hardest but uh, most rewarding things we can do is try to address those emotions we're having and try to resolve or figure out a plan of action.
0: Have you ever heard of... um, behavioral therapy like cognitive therapy yes um there was a class i took at texas state where it was a uh, choice theory mixed with a um behavioral cognitive and one of the things was you know changing a habit that you had to a, a project that we had so it's like a choice so you're cho- choosing to or this is what choice theory was is that you choose your emotions you may not be always aware of it but you're choosing it And then with the behavioral aspect, okay, you've got a, a habit that you're choosing, I pop my knuckles. And so we had a, part of the class was to figure out what you wanted to change. You kept like a diary of it for a while. And then after maybe like three weeks, it's like, okay, you can see your habit, you can see what are your triggers for that. And then consciously start telling yourself to do a different thing. And then once you kind of figure out the pattern, you've kind of tell yourself that for a week, and then afterwards you just kind of. I think after like two months, mm-hmm. usually that behavior starts to change, and I know that when I was in college, coming back after a test, grabbing like food on the way out, it's like Taco Bell as I'm walking back mm-hmm. to my apartment, I'm like yeah, and there's a crazy thing that. I wasn't super aware of at that time, but it's become I think more in the public eyes that like sugar is in everything. Mm-hmm. And actually, I had gotten some things. I'm gonna bring over here. Ooh. So English muffins, love English muffins. And I actually think sugar is not on the top of the list, which is interesting.
1: Good, good.
0: It is about in the middle, but it's after a whole bunch of, if you want to look at the ingredients and that, but a lot of preservatives, I have noticed.
1: Let's see where it's at here. Yeah. And this is... These are
0: the Thomas English muffins.
1: Yes. Which are pretty popular, I think. And I will say... So sugar, we know like when we're baking bread, sugar is going to be an important component so the Mm -hmm. yeast can eat that sugar and help it develop.
0: And that's where you get your gluten from, right?
1: It does, yeah, and the kneading process Mm -hmm. and mixed with water and the yeast and everything for sure. This is a pretty good one, I would say, though. Well, that's good. (laughs) I'm surprised. Definitely. And you can see on this label, it says include zero grams of added sugars. Mm -hmm. So the FDA, gosh, I think it was back in like... I don't want to say the wrong year, but it was a long time ago. I think Mm. over four years ago, they said they were going to start requiring folks to put the amount of added sugar on the labels, Mm -hmm. and we're just now starting to see that sprinkle in. But I think that's where it comes in handy. Like, whether we're looking at this and we want to say, well, how much is, like, unnecessary sugar in here versus, like, if you get some other processed food and it's like, oh, 20 grams of extra sugar, Mm. we're like, okay, we know that's quite a bit. Um, But yeah. I think...
0: And I think sometimes like this in and of itself isn't necessarily bad. Yeah. But I think where a lot of people may go wrong is what they put on it. Okay. Butter. Adding sugar like jam. But I guess there's with jams and preservatives, there's better ones. Yeah, out definitely. There for you. Um, and so this is a brunch podcast. <laughs> um, And so we're, I think we're going to move into the eating out aspect. Um. Breakfast in America is unique into itself. And I think breakfast in most places is unique into the location that it's at, but it seems like breakfast in America, a lot of sugar, mm-hmm. especially with kids, and I think a lot of cereals and stuff like that are marketed towards kids, and it's like, hey, you know, eat our sugar. I don't see that so much in breakfast or in in brunch, at least, and especially here in Austin being a moderately mm-hmm. health-conscious city. And I think it's like one of the best cities in America for vegetarians and vegans. That's I've nice. seen that in the news a bit. Um, but fatty foods, sausages, you know, what are some breakfast foods that people can have their traditional breakfast or brunch and it be healthy?
1: So are we talking like if we're going out to eat? Yes. Okay.
0: And <coughs> so- then... I want to know one of your favorite places that you like going to.
1: So when it comes to brunch, I think I feel like I have a lot of like points about things. But firstly, you know, I don't personally go to brunch like super, super often. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, eating out is more like like when I go out to eat, I'm like, I'm going to get whatever I want. I'm not necessarily going to be super, you know, like. Health. Cause
0: you're putting in the time to eat healthy all the other yeah. time. So eating out's more of a treat.
1: Exactly. Sure. Like yesterday I went um, somewhere and got like chilaquilas and like refried beans. and It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's just kind of, if you're wanting to make more mindful decisions, I think one of the first things is saying, okay, beyond what you're choosing, say, okay, I'm feeling really hungry. I'm recognizing that hunger and that's the easy part. Mm-hmm. But when you're eating your brunch, you can do little things like set your fork down in between bites. And that way you're not necessarily just shoveling it in kind of mindlessly.
0: And you're talking to your friends too. (laughs) You're talking to your
1: friends, you know, taking a sip of water. And that way you're checking in with yourself, maybe taking a couple of those deep breaths before Mm -hmm. it's like the, I'm super full deep breath. Right. And that way, you know, maybe you're not finishing your whole plate, right? And that Mm -hmm. in itself is a positive thing. If you're feeling the fullness before pushing it, then you're overall going to eat a little bit less. Mm -hmm. And then as far as what you're choosing, Again, I always go back to fruits and vegetables. Can you get a side of fruit? Is there any form of a veggie on the side, whether that's like some yummy mushrooms or something like that? Um, But other than that, I think go with something you're going to enjoy. Because if you go out to eat and you say, okay, well, I'm going to try to make a really good decision. And you end up being like not satisfied. Mm -hmm. then the overall experience just wasn't as good. Maybe you're being kind of a bummer because it's like, well, I really wanted like the cheeseburger, but I got... What you. Or your
0: friend's meal looks twice as good as yours. Yeah. I, I was going to get that, but I chose not to because you got it.
1: Yeah. So it's like overall enjoy yourself, but do definitely check in and say, what's a really mindful decision I can make about the food that I'm going to get? And then just make sure you're not overeating. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the biggest things that we can do to help ourselves out.
0: I heard, uh do you know who Kathy Bates is? I don't. She was in the movie Misery. She's also been in... Um, American horror story she was usually like a, a heftier uh, lady um, but she's lost a lot of weight recently and she was on I forget whose podcast it was I think maybe Mark Marin um, but she talked about how how she lost the weight and she said part of it was if, if she ever w- when she was eating not if she was eating um, but if she ever had to take that breath that very first one that she ever had she would stop
1: the like fullness breath
0: she just said the first breath that she took and she said it didn't matter when in the meal that it was. So if she took one bite and had to take a breath after that, she'd stop. Huh. And that worked for her. Yeah. But I don't, I don't necessarily think that that would work for everybody. And I think that definitely takes some commitment to like, Oh, was I just out of breath or mm-hmm. was that thing? out oh, can't eat anymore.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but what, what, what's the place that you like going to? And it doesn't have to necessarily be here in Austin. It yeah. can be in San Antonio. It can be in San Marcos.
1: So um, I think in cause San Marcos, I live there, and so mm-hmm. it's more so where I would go. But right now, my favorite's probably still Root Cellar.
0: Love Root Cellar. Yeah.
1: They have a beet burger that's just so tasty.
0: And do, do they have brunch there, or is that just a, a place that you like to go?
1: Yeah, they have brunch there. Um, I,
0: know, I don't think I ever went there for brunch.
1: It's pretty good. They have It's pretty much their same menu, but they mm-hmm. have like... The Eggs Benedict and Eggs Florentine are mm-hmm. on there. Pretty much the only additions.
0: What's Eggs Florentine? I know I know Eggs Benedict is, I feel like, most places here in Austin have a Benny. Mm-hmm. But what's the what's the Florentine?
1: So, and I think this is right, but okay. um, it has like the... I have the, right here. I could look it up. Okay. <laughs> but so tell me what you double think. Double check me, but I think it's kind of like the same concept except for, I don't think you get like the ham or Canadian bacon, but you get like sautéed spinach okay. with it. I think it's still on an English muffin. Moment of truth.
0: <laughs> well, it's giving me, relating to Florence, <laughs> I'm just going to look at images. There we go. It's giving me like a cracker thing.
1: Huh. To be continued. (laughs) But either way, I do. The root cellar, it's pretty good. Um, But in general, I think it's a treat when I can sleep in on a Saturday or Sunday Mm -hmm. and I can wake up and make myself like some sort of breakfast. What is
0: sleeping in to you, though? Because you wake (laughs) up really early.
1: I do. But I mean, anywhere around nine is like, whoa, I slept till nine today.
0: That's fair. Yeah, because I usually wake up around 730 when going to work, even though Mm -hmm. I don't have to be there until nine. I usually have to have like a period of waking up like today we met at nine Mm -hmm. which is early for me (laughs) at least least on the weekend and so I for some reason set an alarm at seven just so I could start waking up because I (laughs) I thought about making breakfast before I was like I don't want it smelling like stuff in here (laughs) so I just didn't and I didn't wake up until eight
1: well that's nice I will also so this morning I had um, a bagel from Rockstar Bagels have you been there
0: Where's that? Here in Austin?
1: It is. It's off of like Chacon and... <laughs>
0: I love that street. <laughs> uh, I have not had it, no.
1: They're super good. They have like fresh made bagels and all sorts of cream cheeses. But that's definitely like when I'm in Austin, I no, always I'm... try to grab one of those. Uh,
0: we actually... Whenever we first started doing this, which was about a year and a half ago, which we were like, oh, I think we... Have you been to Red's before? Which is down here on South Lamar? I haven't. Uh, they're... Don't know exactly when they started brunch, but they have a lunch buffet and then they have a or a brunch buffet (laughs) and a brunch menu, but they're they call themselves like half American, half southern, half Mexican, (laughs) half just whatever. So they have like a little bit of everything on their menu. And that was the first place I ever had chicken and waffles, I think. But that was um I think my go-to brunch place for a long time. And I think it was in the summer, there's a big group of us. I was like, we should do this every week. <laughs> and so that kind of, we got a big list going. And I think we've completed maybe like 20 places. Wow. And the list gets added to all the time. But that's why I was like talking to you earlier is I have got half the group is, not half the group, but two people from the group are moving to California. Mm. And so it's like, huh. The reason that I even started this podcast was because of them. Aww. And so it's like, uh, my motivation is leaving. <laughs> but I found the eggs Florentine. I typed Florentine last time, just Florentine. And that's <laughs> I think that's a, uh, I guess, a biscuit is what oh. the, the British would call it. But <laughs> yeah, eggs Florentine, know. classic eggs. Benedict uses spinach instead of Canadian bacon. The hollandaise sauce is prepared over a double broiler, ensuring it cooks slowly and gently. So basically... Ex-Florentine, and besides the Benedict, is spinach instead of... Look at that. (laughs) Done did it.
1: But now, since your friends are moving to California, that's a good excuse to go out there and do a special episode, right?
0: It took me until about a month ago to get one of the girls to actually be on the podcast, Uh and it took alcohol to get her to be on. Oh, my goodness. I haven't (laughs) um, posted that episode yet, because I need to go through it to make sure it's (laughs) good for her to post... But um, I have heard said on news programs and just in movies and because I think oh what movie was that I forget I think it was the new Justice League movie they mentioned brunch, uh which I thought was funny, but I think it was Bill Maher who said that brunch without alcohol is just a sad late lunch, <laughs> um so. Alcohol and brunch, I think, are pretty synonymous. I don't know. I think that has, we mentioned this in a in a previous podcast but about how brunch is kind of correlated to having a nightlife or having been out the night before, out drinking, so you're kind of hungover. That's why you missed breakfast and you're having to go to lunch. So you got to continue your alcohol intake. What's your favorite brunch cocktail?
1: I mean, it'd have to be a mimosa. Oh,
0: yeah? It's classic. It's
1: so fresh. It's a classic. I love it.
0: Do you just do traditional mimosa with the OJ, or do you kind of like spreading it out a little bit?
1: I mean, it depends, you know, on the day. Like, if I'm having them at home, I may, if I have, like, a grapefruit lying around, I may Mm -hmm. use that. Um, But otherwise, pretty traditional. Some have some cool flavors.
0: I had a, um, I forget, I think it was a pineapple basil.
1: Oh, wow.
0: It was not good.
1: Oh, it wasn't? That sounds (laughs) amazing. It was at this
0: place... uh, on South Lamar over here called The Park. There's one at The Domain. Don't really like The Park. <laughs> um, it's kind of kind a little douchey, little fratty for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and their food's really not that good. But this pineapple basil mimosa there was not super good. I had a mango one somewhere else, and that one was a lot better. <laughs> but The Park does, like, five different flavors, none of which are great.
1: Oh, no. And I think
0: they, I don't think they use any real fruit in them besides maybe the orange juice, uh, orange juice one. But yeah, the, uh, the pineapple one definitely tasted like pineapple concentrate or something like that. It was definitely not good. Oh man. Um, so with people's alcohol intake at brunch, good, bad, does it just kind of depends on the person?
1: Well, I'll start by saying the recommendations for alcohol intake, which this has remained constant year after year. But for men, it's recommended no more than two drinks a day. And then for women, it's around... Not two one,
0: drinks just at brunch.
1: <laughs> right. So for women, it's about one drink a day, unfortunately. Okay. And that just has to do with how our liver, our liver can metabolize the alcohol. Mm-hmm. So with alcohol consumption, we can see increased blood pressure. We can see liver damage and other mm. risks down the road, like for heart disease. So I think we all go through our phases, whether we're younger, what have you, where we're drinking alcohol a little bit more freely.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think it's just about, again, the mindfulness, bringing that in um, and definitely being safe if you're going to drive after a brunch. Absolutely. But um, it's another thing, too. I was telling a client the other day because she was like, you know, I have my beers and it's not something I'm willing to give up. And I was like, you know what? And that's completely your decision. Mm-hmm. But just to kind of put it into perspective. If you were to drink one 12, 12 ounce can of beer, mm-hmm. it's the equivalent of eating one whole banana. So it's kind of Sugar-wise
0: like or just all together? Just calorie content-wise.
1: Okay. So it's like asking yourself, okay, so would I eat a whole banana mm-hmm. or like six bananas, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> right. Just kind of thinking of it that way. Because I think when we're sense. drinking something, it's easy just to be like, oh, I'm just drinking something. like sure. It's not going to calorically affect anything.
0: And is that... uh. That 12-ounce beer, is that like Bud Light or is it, you know, this is Austin. We drink craft beer <laughs> exclusively.
1: So I think it's more would be like the Miller light, Bud Light, those okay. general so beers. Beer. Yeah, mm-hmm. so the heavier beers may be a little different. Yeah. Um, but I think it's one of those things where we do see negative health effects over time if mm-hmm. we have heavy alcohol consumption. So it's just one of those things to check in with yourself and say, you know what, do I need to drink these beers today or can mm-hmm. I just have a couple and not because you're trying to limit your fun, but just because you want to make sure you have a long, healthy life.
0: And would you recommend having, like, say, a mimosa over, like, a michelada or even a Bloody Mary? Because a friend of mine, that's that's her go-to drink is yeah. Bloody Mary, which I feel is, like, a meal in and of itself, especially <laughs> in some places they pile on you get the like toppings. like, a whole
1: burger on top yeah. sometimes.
0: Sli- I've seen sliders. <laughs> I've seen... Granted, this is r- a little ridiculous, but <laughs> pretty much a whole like little chicken. What? It was a rotisserie chicken set on top of this Bloody Mary. <laughs> How
1: big was the glass to hold that thing?
0: I feel like it may have been like a double pint. So oh, I goodness. think I think this was like meant to share because mm-hmm. I don't think anybody could eat that because that wasn't just the only the chicken wasn't the only thing on there. There was like a whole pickle. Um, it, it legitimately was a meal. They're like, That's here's wild. your Bloody Mary meal. <laughs> um, so if people are g- going to be drinking, going to be kind of eating some fatty foods, and granted, not everybody is as health conscious as you. So that eat out meal is not so much a a treat. It's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. normal. Um, and so if somebody's going to continue to to do that, what are some like alternative options that you can do when going out?
1: Are we talking about alcohol or the food now? All of it. <laughs> okay. So when it comes to alcohol, I think um, if you're going to get drink like a liquor drink, mm-hmm. let's think about what you're mixing with it. Is mm-hmm. it going to be like a soda? Is it going to be like tonic water or whatever? Um, and just try to go with something lighter, like sparkling water or something like that. Um, Bloody Mary is cool. It has a like tomato juice in there. <laughs> you know, it's a little bit of benefit. Um, and there's, there's some health involved <laughs> in that glass. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> and it's funny because I hate Bloody Marys. And really? they're like, shouldn't you love them? I'm like, No. <laughs>
0: What What is it? Because I, th- I think the very first Bloody Mary I ever had, I don't think was a good one. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't like them. And but I was like, I feel like I should like them because it seems like <laughs> a cool thing to like because yeah. not a lot of people do. And I kind of I feel like this is how it's been with every alcoholic beverage I've ever had. I try it once. I'm like, oh, I don't like that. But then I force myself to like mm-hmm. it and then I end up liking it. But what is it that you don't like about Bloody Mary?
1: the whole taste of it all i just i mean i think tomato juice in general i've never like mm-hmm. been down with that but and that's everyone said well oh maybe you maybe had a bad one but i've tried mm. it i think like four or five times mm-hmm. which i would say that have a you fair, made like your own i haven't made my own i will say that mm-hmm. um i mean
0: because I you can make it ahead. however you want it.
1: that's very true yeah. Um, but going back to the food, like if we're, if eating out is something you do quite often, Mm -hmm. I think that's when you'd want to say, okay, I'm going to have to make some, just some wiser decisions with my food. So, um, let's say you go somewhere and you want a burger. Do they have a whole wheat bun? Mm Mm-hmm. Can you choose, okay, something besides beef? Do they have like a black bean burger? Mm -hmm. Do they have a chicken breast burger or something like that? And then always saying, okay, maybe I can get fries, but maybe I get myself a salad first. And then I fill up on some of those veggies. Um, And then just generally looking for more of the fresher options. Like you said, here in Austin, we have so many different options. Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of cool vegan, vegetarian places. And so many times they're using like local farmers, which I love. just kind of bringing that awareness into your, when you're looking at the menu. Um, And my first thing is I'm literally, I always say, okay, where are the veggies at?
0: (laughs) Right. And you, you'd mentioned before about being mindful. And I think that kind of plays into that aspect. So Mm -hmm. say if you're, if they have alternate choices besides what, you know, what's, you know, being presented to you, I think that is a good step for people. Cause I don't think Mm -hmm. a lot of people, sometimes people just, you know, order whatever they order, what they're used to, or they order what sounds good and don't necessarily put a lot of thought into what all brings that meal together. So Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, there's a lot of cheese. So I I think people love cheese. I love cheese. (laughs) It's good. And I, and I think either getting like less cheese on things or getting no cheese. So cheese becomes more of like a treat. And, um, I forget what I was going with that. <laughs> um, oh yeah. You had mentioned that like you get asked about what the health a lot. What are some mm-hmm. other, uh, questions that your clients ask you a lot?
1: So, um, definitely they ask about carbohydrates mm-hmm. or they just come in and they say, cause we always do a diet recall and they'll just be like, oh, well, you know, I'm really trying to eat lower carbs right now. And I, I, they don't necessarily ask me about it, but I just always ask them, I say, you know what, do you enjoy carbs? Like, is mm-hmm. that something that's always been a part of your diet until you started reducing it? And they're like, oh, I mean, yeah, I love them, but they're so bad for me. And so that's where I think as a dietitian, it's my job to educate mm-hmm. and just explain what carbohydrates role is in the body and how it's actually really beneficial. Mm-hmm. And I think we also just have to recognize... that comes through that bird. I know, that was beautiful. <laughs> but I think it just comes to recognizing that Food is a part of our heritage and our culture, mm-hmm. and like whether we are from America, and Oprah
0: loves bread. So <laughs> and
1: Oprah loves bread. So eat it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's just you know life is way too short to eat food that you don't enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I think if you enjoy a carbohydrate, eat a carbohydrate.
0: And your most recent blog post actually talks about debunking myth, the myth that it that carbs are bad. Yes. What are some like besides that they're bad? Like what in and of itself. Makes that myth somewhat not true.
1: So when we look at okay, so let's take a step back and think about food in general. Mm-hmm. So we have what we call our macronutrients. I think a lot of us were becoming more familiar with that, and that's carbohydrates, fat, and protein. Mm-hmm. And so in the blog, I break down. Okay, I say you know what, let's forget about carbs for a second. Let's talk about fat and protein. They have numerous functions in our body that are very important, mm-hmm. and of course, that's to help us to build our muscle, I'm like for the up protein. Your Instagram
0: page so I have yeah. It.
1: Um, and so they have a lot of good functions and one of their last things that they will do for our bodies actually be broken down to be used as energy, but it's not something that our body wants to use first because they have so many important functions. Mm -hmm. But then when it comes to carbohydrates, the primary source or function of carbohydrates is to provide our body with energy. Mm -hmm. In fact, 80% of the carbohydrates that we need on a daily basis goes directly to our brain. That makes sense. Right. And so when we start to cut back on those carbohydrates, well, we're still going to get the energy for our brain, Mm -hmm. but we're going to have to start breaking down fat. We're going to have to. Unfortunately, if we're really starving ourselves, we may break down some of that protein. Mm -hmm. That is going to be the last route we go. But that's where kind of keto and paleo get their selling point is they say, well, you're going to start burning your fat for fuel and that's how you're going to lose weight. Mm -hmm. But when we're burning fat for fuel, our body has to work harder. It's not how it's supposed to do. And it's going to turn that fat into what our body would use for carbohydrates. Okay. And then it actually produces ketones as kind of a byproduct of having to convert that. And what are ketones? So they're an acidic byproduct. So they can raise the acidity of our body. And in general, a buildup of that can be very bad. Mm-hmm. So it's something our body doesn't need to have to handle when we need the That's carbohydrates. So put it through that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then... Carbohydrates are an excellent source of B vitamins like riboflavin, niacin, and thiamin. And it's also a really good source of fiber. Fiber is so important. Pooping is important. And we need to not ignore that. It is. It is. <laughs> so it just... That's kind of what I walk through. And I just say, you know what? At the end of the day, carbohydrates are something that tastes really good. Sure. And they also offer us benefit. So why demonize them?
0: That's fair. Um, I was... Looking at your uh, Instagram, yeah. which is FYS Nutrition for all you people who are on the the gram, uh, and I noticed a, a picture. I don't know if that's your hand or not. Is that which your one hand? Is it?
1: That is my hand. Um,
0: <laughs> have you heard about? And the the picture is you holding an avocado cut in half. Have you heard of the avocado hand thing? That's
1: no. What is this? <laughs> so since
0: people are eating a lot more avocados now. Mm-hmm. There have been there's been an increase of people stabbing themselves, what? cutting an avocado. And so, you know, somebody's gonna hold it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people necessarily know how to cut an avocado. I think they're kinda common sense. Um, <laughs> but I think people try to like hit it with the knife to get it in there first, instead of, you know, poking it with the pointy end <laughs> yeah. of the knife and then going from there. And so people are I think it also comes from whenever people are trying to like cut slices mm-hmm. with the I guess it's a rind or the skin, whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, and they're going through that and oh stabbing gosh. themselves. And I was actually witness to that several years ago. Uh, a friend of mine was cutting avocado, and she's like, "I just stabbed myself." And I was like, "Get out of here!" And she's like, "No, I really did," and it was pretty bad. Um, but how? That's tell a- people tell people how to properly cut an avocado.
1: That's a little sad to hear. <laughs>
0: it's a thing. I'm going to pull that up.
1: So, I mean, okay, so you get an avocado, right? And so you take your knife and kind of like you were saying, you get the pointy end. Pointy you just kind of poke it in there and then you start to turn your knife around the avocado because there's a big O seed in there. And then you kind of carve it around the seed. And then once you have a line all around it, you take both sides and you twist it. And then you'll have your halves. I mean, and for the seed, I do personally take the knife and like chop, try it. To chop <laughs> it in there. Same. So, I mean, you know, be a little careful when you're doing that, but you can scoop around the seed and then the seed kind of pops out if you don't. Or you could,
0: like, use a spoon. But I know some people like getting that, like, perfect cut in there. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I found a an article I'm talking about. Where's the headline? Avocado hand is sending people to the ER because people don't know how to cut their fruit.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: <laughs> and so I, I believe it. I think the times I've like, you know, been slicing it in there, I'm very careful and I can, you can kind of, if you do it slow enough, you can kind of feel where that, that knife is touching the, mm-hmm. the skin. But that just blew my mind. Yeah. Y'all be that. careful
1: out there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and so I think we're kind of getting to a point where we can start wrapping it up. Okay. But um, in, what are some, so we've talked a lot about, Health and all of that, but what are give me your top three guilty pleasures?
1: Oh man, top three. Okay, number one, like a true Texan, is Whataburger.
0: Okay, number one, all the <laughs> what, way. What do you get at Whataburger?
1: <laughs> number one,
0: the number one. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, just uh, I guess that's the classic Whataburger. Yeah, that's fair.
1: No cheese, none of that nonsense, just how it comes mm-hmm. with it. And I always get an unsweet tea, it's like really weird. I never make tea and I never crave it, but mm-hmm. when I get Whataburger, I want that tea
0: because they're synonymous with it, each other, it
1: really is.
0: You said unsweet tea. Mm-hmm. I've always found that fascinating that people say unsweet. This it's like, how did they unsweeten it? Was <laughs> it sweet and then they unsweetened it? They took the sugar out.
1: That's a good isn't, point. Isn't
0: it tea and then sweet tea?
1: I but should pe- try that. But people,
0: <laughs> but no, like you like go to some place and mm-hmm. on the little things it'll say unsweetened, <laughs> and I think that's primarily like a Southern thing. They're probably. like, probably you're gonna get your tea sweet. Here's the unsweetened one. <laughs> but I, I find that amazing. So what's your number two?
1: oh okay number two this is hard what's my oh pasta spaghetti because like when I eat spaghetti I'm going to eat spaghetti mm-hmm. like it's going to be a big old bowl um, I'm Italian so I'm like partial to pasta mm-hmm. it's delicious so okay what your pasta and then what's my third guilty pleasure it's a tough question I'd have to say in general just french fries with ketchup Ketchup's ketchup probably could be its own category of guilty pleasure <laughs> that's true. <fair. laughs>
0: And I think that kind of ties back into Waterburger. <laughs> it does. And I mean,
1: let's be real. Their ketchup is the best.
0: <laughs> it, it is pretty amazing. They, I don't know what took them so long to even figure out that they should bottle that and sell mm-hmm. it. And then they have an automatic retailer in HEB since Waterburgers is primarily in Texas. I know it goes, I think, into Louisiana and Oklahoma, maybe. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like you've got... You don't have to sell it in your store. You, you've got a grocery retailer that's throughout the state that's loved yeah. by everybody in Texas, <laughs> sell it there. And I think they actually sell every single one of their condiments now.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Um, but thanks for coming out. I really enjoyed yeah. having you out. Good seeing you again. You too. And have a good rest of your day in Austin.
1: All right, thanks.
0: Well, there you have it, Normal, You don't have a say. Uh, but again, Jamie's Instagram page is Nutrition. Uh, you can find her blog on the interwebs, and that is FeedYourSoulNutrition.com and under the same name on Facebook. If you want to check out her When It's Good Wednesdays, it's a live stream that she does, and she'll walk you through an entire dish. You know, maybe maybe she'll do, I think she did one where it was uh, Chipotle bowls. You know, she gave you a way to freaking make Chipotle at home. You know, that's going to save you money. It's going to save you time. And, you know, when it's Good Wednesday, Facebook, Feed Your Soul Nutrition, check it out. And we'll see you in about a week. I'm going to have my buddy Corey on, and we're going to talk a little bit about brunch, obviously, but also brunch conspiracies. You know, is that a thing? I don't know. But we talk about it. (laughs) and that'll be uh, next week and so again check out Jamie FYS Nutrition on Instagram FeedYourSoulNutrition.com for the blog and Facebook and we will catch you around then